All right, got a great show for you today. Going to get into last night's Heat win against the Pistons. Tyler Hero continuing to dominate in fourth quarters. The decision to play Gabe Vincent over Max Struess and then get into some mailbag questions. But first, this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Truebill. You are locked on heat. Your daily Miami heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it's a Wednesday edition of Locked on Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However you may be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thank you for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. I'm Wes Goldberg, just me today, uh, my co-host David Ramil, uh, not with me, recording this Wednesday morning. So we're getting this out later than normal, but that's because David and I hosted our very first watch party last night at Lincoln's Beard Brewing Company in Miami. So thanks to everybody who came out. Uh, we had a ton of fun talking hoops, drinking beer uh, with you guys, and, and we just can't wait to do another one. So you can follow us on Twitter or on Instagram, the Lockdown Heat account, to stay updated on all that stuff, or uh, click the survey link in the show notes and send us your email to be on the update list. Um, and man, that was a fun game to do our first watch party for because the Heat came back in the fourth quarter to beat the Pistons 100 to 92 and improved to 12 and 6 on the season. They were led by Tyler Hero's 31 points, including uh, 14 in the fourth quarter. And now this is becoming a trend for Tyler Hero. That he's really kind of <laughs> the Heat's go-to option at the end of games. I know he comes off the bench, but uh, as I wrote about um, on on the West Side this week, like he's he barely qualifies as a reserve because he's uh, third in minutes on this Heat team, and a bulk of those minutes come in the fourth quarter and when he's closing games. And he's done this now a number of times. The Heat haven't always won when Tyler Hero kind of uh, explodes in the fourth quarter, but he kind of always makes sure that they're in the game when he has these kinds of fourth quarters. I mean, so look, the Heat, they're, they're, they've got 67 points through the first three quarters. Going into that fourth quarter, um, trailing a Pistons team that is not any good and they needed some sort of run they need some sort of spark and Tyler Hero gave them that back-to-back -back threes uh with like nine minutes and 39 seconds to go sparked a 32 to 15 run by Miami he ends up scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter ends up with a season high 31 in the game on 12 of 21 shooting four of eight from three-point range uh Bam Adebayo Jimmy Butler Kyle Lowry they each had 15 points um, but Hero in fourth quarters now, that to me is the biggest story here because um, he's now averaging 6.6 .6 points per game on 51.8% shooting, 50% from three-point range. Only DeMar DeRozan has scored more points in the fourth quarter this season than Tyler Hero has. Um, and this is, to me, where Tyler Hero has the most value is just that shot creation. His ability to just get to any spot on the floor and get up a shot. And this is the sort of stuff we saw flashes of when he was a rookie in the conference finals against Boston and, and the NBA finals uh, to a little bit of a lesser degree. But in that bubble run, I mean, 
we only saw flashes of this. I mean, he is better, obviously, now than he was then. He, his, his bag is deeper. He's able to get to that mid-range move a little bit more. He's got a, good, uh, uh, um, a developing floater game. That three-point shot is getting so good. And he's and he's hitting all these shots on the move. A lot of these are difficult shots. Eric Spolster said, you know, later in the game that the Heat got stops defensively thanks to his own defense and things like that that they implemented. And that got them into uh, transition, into a little bit more of a flow offensively. And Tyler Hero got shots off of that. But, you know, Tyler Hero also just makes stuff happen. He really he, he, he makes tough shots, um, and he's been doing it all season long. I mean, you look at these fourth quarters against Utah on November 6th. 14 points in the fourth quarter and a win there. He had 10 points and a loss in the fourth quarter to Indiana at the beginning of the season. That game without Lowry. Um, on November 15th in Oklahoma City. Nine points in the fourth quarter to push the Heat to a win. Again against Oklahoma City, nine points in the fourth quarter. Uh, or I'm not not Oklahoma City, Utah, excuse me. Uh, Utah, November 13th, nine points in the fourth quarter for a win against Utah. Uh, earlier in the season against the Lakers, he had nine points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Heat ended up losing that game um, but and kind of gave up a lead. But Tyler Hero's push late in that game was sort of the takeaway then, too. was like, oh, man, this guy's actually going to start doing this stuff. So... Uh, this is, like I said, this is to me the biggest takeaway from that game is that just Tyler Hero continuing to get it done in fourth quarters. He is their go-to scorer. I think he is their most talented scorer, and that's with Jimmy Butler being the leading scorer on this team. Um, Jimmy Butler didn't have a great night. Again, just 15 points, but I think when you just look at the raw talent, it's undoubtedly Tyler Hero, and this is why I think the Heat, their ceiling is with Tyler Hero. And I think a lot of people used to tie the, the Heat's ultimate ceiling to Bam. And I think to a certain degree that's true, but I, I think we kind of know what Bam is. I, there's room for improvement. He can get better. Um, but you know he's already a defensive player of the year caliber center. He's, we already know what he could do as a facilitator. That mid-range shot has come along. I think the shooting will improve. I think that his uh, ability to pick his own spots are, is going to improve. And I think eventually that three-point shot is going to come around. But uh, I think this is just, other than that, like this is kind of what he is. And at the end of the day, he's a center. And I think you can go really far with a center as your best player. I mean, you know, Denver with Nikola Jokic, he won the MVP last year. Joel Embiid is obviously awesome. But this, when it comes down to it, you need dudes that are kind of more ball handlers and can kind of get to their own shots and do that kind of thing. And Tyler Hero doesn't really look the part of sort of that apex type of guy. Maybe at the end, like, uh, at at best, he's still, because he's still kind of small, a second option on offense where Jimmy Butler is more of that sort of uh, predatorial wing, that bigger kind of guy who can lead a team, um, you know, in that way in the, in the postseason. But I think if Tyler Hero, he doesn't need to be their best player, but if he could be their, their second best player, or their third best player consistently and kind of just get that at a high level. Because I think Bam and Jimmy are two of the best 16 or 17 players in the NBA. And then I think there's a, a drop-off. I think, you know, Kyle Lowry's probably somewhere in the top 40 or 50. And then Tyler Hero is probably right there. Uh, but if one if Tyler Hero can kind of get his way into maybe one of the best 30 players in the NBA, I think that changes everything for Miami. Um, I think it does. Going back to the game a little bit, I mentioned the zone defense against the Pistons. I thought that was a really smart move by Eric Spolstra just because 
Um, you know, the Pistons are not a good three-point shooting team, and they were getting to the rim pretty regularly early in that game. That's how they were outscoring. That's how they were winning. I actually thought it was weird that uh, the Heat didn't um, push them in the paint a little bit more and try to put pressure on the rim more often. I thought, look, they didn't have Isaiah Stewart. He was serving a, a suspension after the LeBron uh, stuff. But uh, they were playing Garza at center. And, look, I think he's talented and stuff. But, like, he's kind of a, a plotter on, on defense. And I just thought that the Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo pick and roll was going to be there all night for them. They went to it a little bit here and there in the first half. Kind of got away from it. Ended up settling on just Tyler Hero, go save us. But I'm surprised they didn't push that a little bit more. I actually thought, and then there was, I think it was in the second quarter, Bam actually finding Lowry on the roll in that pick and roll. And that's something I would like to see more of going forward, especially if you're going, if you've got that mismatch at center. I don't feel like the Heat pushed that enough when they have that matchup advantage. You could do a lot, because Adebayo is such a good passer and facilitator and can obviously dribble the ball, it, I would, I, it surprises me that we don't see more of that Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo two-man game because Lowry could set great screens. Bam obviously sets great screens. Both of them can roll. Both of them can score in the mid-range. Both of them can shoot uh, the deep two-pointer. Lowry is being willing to shoot, the th uh, can obviously shoot the three-pointer. I, I think you can mix and match that and get a lot of interesting advantage off, advantages off of that. And I thought this game was right for that kind of uh, offensive you know, exploitation, offensive strategy. They didn't go there. Anyway, going back to that zone defense, I thought it was smart against the Pistons because they're only shooting like 29.9% from threes this season. So when you play that zone, clogs the paint, forces them to take outside jumpers. They started missing a bunch of those. Heat start getting in transition. Offense gets into the flow. Tyler Hero explodes in the fourth quarter. Ball game. All right. Um, coming up, why Eric Spolstra decided to bench Max Struess and what this means for the rotation going forward. But first, let's talk about Truebill. From forgotten free trials to automatic renewals, when big companies keep charging you, Truebill is your secret weapon to save you money on subscriptions you don't need. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there for you when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to make the phone call. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped save them over $100 million. So go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands of dollars a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Look, I love Thanksgiving, and it's tomorrow. All the good food, the treats, plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. This is the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars, only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two right now. Share some of your, share some at your family gatherings. It's going to make things a, a little less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. Now you have a conversation starter. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check out the site often. 
There's nothing quite like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday is going to be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Here's the offer. Go to Built.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off on your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So Spo made a rotation tweak last night that I don't think we should make too big a deal of, but it is worth talking about. Uh, he went nine deep in the rotation, played Gabe Vincent over Max Struess, making it Struess's first healthy scratch of the season. Now, um, a lot of people uh, are asking why especially uh, because Miami couldn't make a three for so much of the first uh, three quarters. So before I get into my reasoning and why this, I think this could be a pattern going forward, uh, here's Spo on making that decision. Well, this team was so uh, quick, and that's, you know, not something, you know, that, uh, you know, is any kind of indictment on, on Max. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just the speed and quickness, and they, they were playing small ball. I, I, it just felt that we, it felt like we needed another ball handler out there. Um, and another guy that could uh, contain um, off the dribble. And um, again, um, the combination of Gabe and Caleb were, were really good on the ball, um, applying that pressure, speeding guys up, um, but also containing and, and keeping the ball out of the paint. So the main word that I'm taking away from that soundbite from Spo is the word contain, right? And look, I think we've been rushing to make Max Struess a dude. And it's I'm not saying that he can't be, but I don't think he's quite there yet. And, and there's still some some issues defensively. Like, against the Wizards the other night in that loss in Washington, Max Struess was pretty consistently out of position defensively and pretty consistently taken advantage of defensively. Like, he's not, like, this really fluid athlete. I know he's got, like, the six foot ten wingspan or something crazy like that. Uh, and he is a good athlete. I think he's still an underrated athlete, and there's upside there. But he's still kind of getting down the, the defensive fundamentals. He needs to stay down in his stance. He needs to be a little bit better at anticipating what the offense is going to be doing. And so the Wizards just it really, uh, during that big run that the Wizards had to end up winning that game, come back and win that game from whatever it was, 16 points down, uh, between the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter, um, when they kind of got back into the game, they were attacking Struess over and over and over again. And I watched back that game, and I saw it. I mean, they were just targeting him. And maybe Struess wasn't the guy giving up the basket, but he was giving up penetration, which would lead to, that would lead to a drive-in kick. It would scramble Miami's defense, and then, and then Washington would get a good shot. I'm if I saw it on film, Eric Spolster, that coaching staff, they also saw it on film. And then going against Detroit that wanted to play small, they wanted to get in, uh, to the basket, kick out, and do all those things, kind of similar to what Washington wants to do. And it was working uh, for some of that game until they went to the zone. But I still thought that it was a smart move to take Max Struess out because the Pistons could have targeted Struess just like Washington did. So again, I think people, there, there's, there's room for him to improve on defense, but people are rushing to make Struess like this guy that's, you know, I, I've seen on Twitter, like, hey, just start him over Duncan Robinson and stuff like that because he could do more off the dribble and all this stuff. But, I mean, he's just not there yet. He's not there yet. And, um, you know, I again, I wrote this for the West Side, uh, the piece that went up on Tuesday about how Kyle Lowry and the other veterans are holding him accountable. There was this moment uh, the other day where Kyle Lowry is just yelling at Max Struess right on the floor, right in front of the heat bench because Struess didn't 
roll when he was supposed to roll in a pick and roll. He kind of just took two steps back, took himself out of the play. Lowry thought he was going to go into the open space. Instead, it ends up being a turnover. Shea Gilgis Alexander picks it up for the Thunder. They score in transition, uh, and that and that got the Thunder into a, a single-digit ball game. Miami obviously ended up winning the game, but those are kind of the lessons that Max Drews is still trying to figure out. But going back to that word contain from Eric Spolster, like that's where Gabe Vincent is strong. Like he's a really good defensive player. Uh, you trust him a little bit more with the ball in his hands. He's shooting threes as well as Struess is right now, almost, uh, especially over the last week. He's actually kind of better than Struess. He's the better player right now. He's the more trustworthy player right now. And so I think if you're kind of going like power ranking the bench, it's Gabe Vincent and it's Caleb Martin on the two-way. And Max Struess just isn't there right now. So um, it hasn't been an awesome week for Struess. But I think what we're seeing is just all the stuff that he could still improve on and where the Heat need to work with him on. He's just, again, a lot of you guys are rushing to make Struess a dude. He's just not there yet. There's still a lot of things that he needs to figure out. Um, that's that's to be expected with a young player who doesn't have a ton of NBA experience. But um, that's overall, like bigger picture, this is like the lesson of, hey, this guy looks really good in the summer league. This guy looks really good in the preseason. But the regular season, then especially the playoffs, is a whole different ballgame. Um, and it's really hard to just be at that level right away. Now, I think guys like Vincent, Caleb Martin, Max Struess have a ton of potential and could be the newest kind of finds for Miami off the bench. Um, but right now, I don't know that they're there yet. And that's the really big challenge for the Heat this season is getting those guys to the point where you can play them in a playoff setting, to the point where they're not making those little mistakes that could cost you a game, could cost you a series, could cost you a chance to go to the finals. Okay, and I think now we're seeing this. And it wouldn't shock me if going forward, the Heat against certain teams like the Pistons, the Wizards, whatever, like in certain matchups, decide not to play Max Struess and just give him the DNPCD and maybe go with Gabe Vincent, maybe go with more Caleb Martin and guys like that. All right, uh, coming up, uh, the latest on Victor Oladipo and why the Heat haven't sent KZ Akpala to the G League yet. But first, let's talk about Bet Online. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. It's football, and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered for all the holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline also has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your, va uh, your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to uh, take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, we're back, and before we get into some mailback questions that people sent in with the hashtag AskLOHeat on Twitter, uh, as we continue to grow the show into new spaces online, we do these watch parties and all this new great stuff, uh, David and I want to hear from you about uh, what you like and how we can make the show better. So uh, if you could, just take a minute, 30 seconds, fill out the listener survey. The link is in the show notes uh, wherever you're listening, and we're going to put it on YouTube too, so just Go find the show notes, click the link, take a few seconds uh, to fill it out. We really do appreciate all the feedback. Every survey counts and could help shape the future of the show. All right, let's get to a couple of mailbag questions that we couldn't get to from earlier in the week. 
This one comes from Jackie Moon, who writes in, what are your thoughts on why they won't put KZ Akpala in the G League? Okay. So, first of all, KZ needs to be in the G League, right? Like, it's very obvious that he's not ready for the NBA game. It's very obvious that he has a ton of potential, right? You love his length. Uh, he's flashed abilities to shoot from the perimeter, to be a rangy defender. I think he could kind of be like a Derek Jones Jr. type for this team, but he still has to sort of iron out the kinks here. Um, he needs to be in the G League. The reason he's not in the G League is because Markeith Morris is still out with that neck injury from the Nikola Jokic hit. And the Heat just don't have enough dudes on the bench. They don't have enough guys in that front court. Like, if you get rid of KZ Akpala, it's basically off your bench, Dwayne Dedman, end of list of, uh, of guys who you kind of trust to play every single night. Uh, and you don't even really trust KZ to play any nights. But other than that, you've got Udonis Haslam, who can't, he's not an every night player as much as we love to see him out there. Omer Yurtsevin is just not, not ready. Not ready to play. Uh, and I, and that's tough for a Heat team, kind of going bigger picture here. Like, you've got two bigs who are just very, very raw right now and very far from contributing at an NBA level between Akpala and Yurtsevin. And then you've got Udonis Haslam, who, yeah, he can give you a few minutes here and there, uh, but really is more of an assistant coach on the bench like, those are kind of three roster spots that you're not getting a ton from, right? And so I think KZ Akpala should go to the G League. Maybe you call, and I think he needs to go soon. I think once Morris comes back, maybe you're able to send KZ down um, and, let him, and let him play, let him develop, try to turn a corner because it's year three for this guy. And if he's not turning a corner anytime soon in an extended G League sort of uh, stint, then you might just have to give up on the KZ project altogether uh, put your developmental resources to Yurtsevin, send him to Sioux Falls, and then either you know send cash with Akpala to somebody else to take him on and and open up another uh, roster spot. Because um, I think at this point, I know the Heat still only have 14 of the 15 spots filled, but it looks like uh, Caleb Martin, because of the 50-game limit to the two-way, at some point they're going to have to call him up and give him a regular roster spot. Um, so you still need to, I think, clear another roster spot to add you know, a guy on the buyout market or another veteran, because I think the Heat need one or two more guys, um, including Victor Oladipo, who's going to be coming back at some point, and we're going to talk about him in a minute. But, um, yeah, I just, I think that's why Akpala is not in the G League, is because there's too many injuries right now. The Markeith Morris one in particular, once he's back, I think you send Akpala to the G League, see if he could turn the corner, and if not, you start looking, scanning the league, saying, all right, who's going to take this guy off our hands so that we can go ahead and use one of these roster spots for somebody who can help us on a night-to-night basis? Um, all right, next question comes from Ryan. The biggest threat to Hero for sixth man of the year might be Oladipo getting integrated into the lineup at some point. I could see that really shaking up the starting lineup. Duncan Robinson as well is a threat. At some point, Spolstra is going to have to start experimenting, and that could easily leave Hero starting coming January. With a healthy depot, the sweet spot lineup could leave him and Duncan coming off the bench. It's hard for me to see an efficient process with both uh, Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo entering the game at once, especially if they want both to have time on the court with Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry. Minutes are definitely what matters. All I'm saying is the above might end up being the most efficient once Victor Oladipo returns. Um, I've seen this a lot, not just from Ryan here, this idea that once Victor Oladipo comes back, that there's not going to be enough minutes off the bench. Um, I don't buy it uh, for a few reasons. Um, number one, we don't know what Victor Oladipo is going to look like when he comes back, right? Like we don't know if that three point shot is going to come around. We don't know if that 
uh, explosion and that first step is going to be there, if he's going to be a drive and kick threat, we don't know what he's going to look like defensively. Like, we have no idea what Victor Oladipo is going to look like. None. So to make any sort of rotation conclusions based on Victor Oladipo's status doesn't make any sense right now. Now, from Ryan's hypothetical, I understand it. What if Victor Oladipo is to that level, like that level that you hope he's at? I still think that you could play him and Victor Oladipo off the bench. You don't, first of all, don't have to bring them both in at the same time. You could still stagger them off the bench. I, I still think Tyler Hero is a guy that you want closing games because of his shot-making ability. And I still think Duncan Robinson is somebody that you want in that starting lineup because he's the only floor spacer who teams are actually afraid of in that starting lineup. Duncan Robinson, by the way, three for six against the Pistons last night. That shot is coming along, okay? Um, it's going to be there. So I, I see no reason to switch things up. Uh, I think... I I still think the Heat are two bodies short. I, I think there's just a lot more Caleb Martin, a lot more Gabe Vincent, a lot more Max Struess on most nights than than you should be comfortable with for a team that has finals aspirations. If it's Victor Oladipo, Tyler Hero, and Dwayne Dedman coming off the bench, and that's your eight, and then you got a few Struess minutes, a few Vincent minutes, a few Caleb Martin minutes, maybe you go out and get another forward or another wing in the buyout market or a, at the trade deadline or something like that. And then you're able to go nine deep that way. Uh, that, to me, is a really deep bench. That's a really deep roster. It's a roster that makes a ton of sense. You can kind of plug and play Oladipo as you need him. I think Victor Oladipo could end up being sort of your backup point guard in some respects to Kyle Lowry. Like, I don't know that you need Oladipo and Lowry in the lineup together. Like, I don't know I don't know that Oladipo and Lowry have to play that much together uh, at all because you, you kind of want Oladipo to be that drive-and-kick kind of guy. I don't know how much he's really going to impact the game off the ball. Lowry's going to be on the ball. Jimmy Butler's going to be on the ball to a certain degree. I think Victor Oladipo's great off the bench. I think Tyler Hero's been awesome off the bench. And I think Duncan Robinson plays a vital role in that starting lineup. So I don't see them changing anything with those guys. And I do still think that Tyler Hero can win sixth man of the year because we don't know when Victor Oladipo's going to return. And Tyler Hero's already made a really strong case to win it already. So, all right. Anyway, that'll do it for today's Locked on Heat. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Heat on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, comment and leave a five-star rating and reach us on Twitter and on Instagram now at Locked on Heat. Make sure to fill out that survey in the show notes. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Now make sure to make your second listen Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free. It's available on all platforms.